Good evening. Welcome to another aborted edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. Happy New Year, Rob. Happy New Year to you. Did you say important or aborted? I, I should have said important, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, we cannot thank Atlin from the DNR enough for trying to put up with us um, two of the three nights this week, including giving up a few minutes of the Clemson dismantling of Alabama on Monday. Um, who knows what's going on with Anchor, right, Rob? I, I, when you were trying to work with Shane, I was furiously DMing Anchor, being like, what the heck happened to your app? Yes. So. Um, well, we're not going to have Shane tonight. We will have Shane soon. I know we all have lots of questions for him. He has incredible expertise, way beyond that of Rob and I on the Hoops team. But Rob and I really wanted to wish everyone a happy new year. We wanted to start the 2019 year off on the right foot. Um, let's just say that the JMU Sports Blog podcast is not indicative of how 2019 will be for JMU Athletics. Right, Rob? No, one would certainly hope not. That's right. We are looking forward to a year filled with glory in at least softball, lacrosse, and football. Um, maybe a few other sports as well. We're not sure if one of those will be basketball, but we will get to that. You never, you, you never know. You never know. And the women's team has a lot of promise. So. And, and, I mean, we can just dive into this a little bit. We don't need to just report. But, like, uh, um, people don't know, we're recording this on, what is it? Wednesday Wednesday night. Yep. I think last Thursday was the loss to UNCW. And uh, it looked like we might have been reaching the depth of despair for the JMU fan base. After people largely being apathetic, that's when Mm -hmm. folks started coming out of the woodwork, just being like, this is awful. You know, people started firing up questions to us, not like, Hey, do you think they can turn around? But like, who do you think the new coach should be? Right. You know, I mean, it was it was getting very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people have been given been giving Lou Rowe uh, justifiably a, a pretty long leash because he is one of our own. Mm-hmm. He's such a beloved figure in the JMU community. Mm-hmm. He cares so much, so people want him to succeed. So it was like, you know, between Thursday night and the start of the game, which many people didn't even tune into on Saturday, it was a bad what, 36, 48 hours? It was really bad, especially after and, just those three games in a row, the way they lost to William & Mary, the way they lost to yeah. Elon, and the way they lost to UNCW. Were just... and, then, and then Saturday happens. Probably the best and, and CAA then... win in five years, right? I mean... Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it's certainly the best under row in terms of conference wins. Yeah, they beat College um, of Charleston, the clear front runner in the conference. Yeah. Right. Uh, a healthy College of Charleston. Right, and um, they didn't, and they beat them by 11. Like, it wasn't, yeah. you know, they... And, and it was one of those games, like... If you didn't see it, they came out shooting red hot, mm-hmm. just looked to be having fun, looked energized, everything, pretty much the complete opposite of how the fan base was acting and the complete opposite of how all the fan base thought that they'd come out. Yeah. And it was amazing. And then the second half starts and CFC goes on this furious run and all of us, I can't be the only one who was thinking, oh, this is oh, over. This, this is over. Yeah. You know, I think CFC pulled to within two points mm-hmm. at the 12 minute mark. And I was like, not only is Jamie going to lose, they're going to lose going away. And we're going to go right off the ledge. And it just people are going to give up on this team. It was just like, just the mind spirals. And then they fought back. Mm-hmm. They fought back. They had a couple big threes. And you're like, okay, well, maybe it'll be close. But, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, they're still going to blow it. And then they just got it together. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like they did anything spectacular. They just responded like the team playing up to the talent and the ability that we all know they have. That's right. Um, it was really, it was, it was crazy. So like, I don't know, like it, you and I were chatting about this, I think on Sunday, mm-hmm. I don't know if I should be more discouraged by that performance. Right. 
or encouraged because it's like, where has this been? You know, completely lay eggs and just don't show up and look lifeless and they fail to. It's not even like they. It's not like they go cold like other teams. They simply stop playing for yeah. three or four minute stretches against UNCW and Elon. Yeah, so. it's a really hard like question. Like Shane started to say this before we lost him, but they just have no consistent outside shooting Mm-mm. on this team, and so there's just no, you know when the other team bears down, it does clog the lane yeah. and there's, they, it just adds to their own. Like if they are cold, there's nothing else to do. And I went to the game at Elon on the day before the day before the new year, mm-hmm. uh, shout out Margot price. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and JMU came out and played great right out of the gate. We were sitting in the front row behind the bench, behind the JMU bench. And the team was excited, and they came out, and they took a, I don't know, 10 or 15-point lead in the first half. And they were intense. They played really well on defense. I definitely want to get to Wilson and Parker. Um, and then they just stopped doing anything. And yeah. they don't – It's like they all forget how to play. They do. I mean, Santa Anna, who's the guard that's been at Elon for 100 years, his left hand is wrapped. I mean, his whole wrist is wrapped. He's got some kind of wrist injury, but he's a senior and he doesn't want to get surgery. And the coaches are screaming at JMU. He can only go right. He can only go right. Yeah. And he still goes right like four times in a row. And you just, I, I don't know. I think, is that coaching? They're yelling at them. What's going on? I, you know, I don't even know what to say. And then, and these guys, it's not like they have bad basketball IQs. They make good plays. Yes. And they make I was so frustrated because the they were like markedly better talent-wise, intensity-wise, defensive ability-wise than Elon early in the game. Now, I understand that Elon has Santa Ana and Sebring, who are two years from now going to be just dominant in the Goldman Sachs Lunch League, Yeah, uh, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the whole Elon team, right? And yes, that's a weird thing, but it just, oh, man. I mean, and then JMU, like, they play like crap. I mean, they do nothing for – I don't know, 20 minutes. And then the last three minutes, they put together a furious run and lose by three and have two chances to win at the buzzer or to tie it at the buzzer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And UNCW was the same way. Like, I, yeah. I thought with Bonition of, um, was it Kirkock? How do you say his name? Kirkock. Yeah. Kirkock. Mm-hmm. He was, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's had some games oh. against every team in the league. But other than that, I thought JMU was more talented across the board. Right. Um, then it comes out at the end. Was it the end of regulation or the end of overtime? Tay's the freshman point guard, who is a who is a very good player. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be fun to watch in the CAA mm-hmm. for the next four years. But he drove by four different guys, tried to guard him. Mm-hmm. He went by four different guys. He got to the rack. He missed. And there's a photo I think we put on the block where you see four dudes on UNCW <laughs> with inside position, two of them in the air at the rim, and everybody else in the JMU team with their feet firmly planted on the ground. And it's just, it's like they just forgot that the point was to prevent them from getting to the hoop. You know, it's, it's not a lack of talent. Nope. It's not even like a lack of effort. I wouldn't describe them as lazy. Nope. They just forget what's going on. And then other times at crunch time, I think I had touched on this uh, on a conversation with you earlier when talking about the Mason game that I went to. When somebody's going to the hoop on JMU, mm-hmm. you know they're going to the hoop. Yep. That's and everyone exactly the team right. knows they're going to the hoop, mm-hmm. and everybody just sits and watches them. And you saw, like, as as they started CAA play, a couple times you saw guys where they had that determination, they're getting ready to go, and then they realized, like, maybe I do want to pass, or maybe they got trapped, and there was nothing to do because everybody else was just lined up around the three point line right. watching. And they're like, oh, you know, 
So, like, the only difference I really saw offensively between Thursday and Saturday is that they simply hit shots. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't appear to do anything nope. different. So it's like you said, like, if they come out and they're hot, they're great. But if they don't, it's like they they don't have a clear confidence in the system they're running mm-hmm. or what the philosophy is, or they all are just waiting for Mosley to take over or Banks to take over. It's just – it's an incredibly frustrating team to watch. Yeah, and it was frustrating at the Elon game because, like, Mosley did – I mean, he just couldn't hit the yeah. – Like, he, he, had a, he had a bunch of good looks to really put them back in the game late, and they just didn't fall. And that's what I was saying. They just don't have – you know, I don't even mean to fault Mosley. That's not necessarily his game, you know. And I just – I don't know. They just don't have that consistent shooter. And Rob, I don't know about you. You went to the Mason game earlier this year. I don't know how much Parker played. Um, he played a ton at the game I went to. And he just looks like a freshman who's not – I don't mean this bad. I just mean he's not aggressive or he's kind of afraid to be assertive right now. Yeah. I, like I, he I, played a lot and he's really good and they're better when he has the ball in his hands. Um, but he's kind of afraid to take it all the way or really try to go make a play. And yeah, I, I'm hopeful I, that as he keeps growing, the team will keep growing too. I think he's a good player. I'm excited to have him on the roster. Mm-hmm. I've seen moments where it's obvious that he's good enough to do some of these things that he's not confident enough to try to do consistently. Right. If that makes any sense. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I think he's got a decent shot. I think he's got a pretty good command of the team. And at times, I, I, I'd argue that he's part of the best five on the court. Mm-hmm. in certain lineups when he's playing point and allows Lewis to play off the ball. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, I think that the two guys for me right now that have to be on the court are Mosley and Wilson. Yeah. Um, you know, and then when Lewis and Banks play well and when they shoot well, this is a pretty good team. And you have Parker and, just kind of – And that's where you can have Parker just doing – yeah, being smart, helping out. Right, exactly, just chipping in. But, but he's got to be confident enough to take the shot to keep the defense honest. He does it at times. And he, it's right. weird because he does it some, and then crunch time. Mm-hmm. And he's hit some big shots. But, um, and that's just maturity. I mean, he's three conference games into his college career. Mm-hmm. And we're already talking about, like, oh, we wish he was more assertive. That's a pretty good, you know, uh, yeah, base yeah, to yeah, start exactly. off from. Well, and, and you know, I feel like he's the kind of guy that, like, that's just the problem with JMU. If they had another person, you know, Wilson kind of does what he does. He, I'm so impressed with how much improvement he's made in his game and his body, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, in the last year. And he's such a workhorse. Um, but he kind of does what he does, and he's not, he's not going to be a big offensive star. Um, and then Mosley is clearly, you know, their best scorer. But they're just – they have to have something from Lewis and Banks. And when those guys aren't hitting, there just isn't any other offense out there sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think right now – you just need a freshman year from Parker, kind of like Ron Curry had. The, the difference is he'll Parker will be playing more of a leading role where Curry was just backing up Devon Moore. But remember, I, Curry probably only took what four or five shots most games. We go back mm-hmm. and check. That's all you need, just enough to keep the defense honest. So they can't, you know, slack too much and go guard Mosley or uh, Lewis on the wings. I've also uh, Shane touched on this in an article he wrote last week, and he's doing mm-hmm. great stuff for the DNR, sure for the rival site. But Darius Banks is slowly becoming, you know, possibly the best player on the team. I, I think it's pretty clear. And it was funny because he struggled with his shot at the Elon game. Yeah. But just athletically, like, he just can cover so many positions. Yeah. He can do a little bit of everything, right? I mm-hmm. mean, he's good enough offensively to beat his player. He 
rebounds pretty well, plays defense pretty well. He takes um, good shots. Right. You know, um, he's good shots. He's shooting much better on the season this year than he did last year. Yeah. But the, the only issue is he has a tendency to get into foul trouble. Um, and sometimes that's because he's guarding guys that are bigger than him. Mm-hmm. You know, he did that and he did it very effectively against CFC. So he, he usually draws a tough defensive assignment because mm-hmm. he's up to the task. But mm-hmm. like against Mason, he went out with foul trouble. And that was the difference. I mean, the wheels kind of came off for JMU at that point. It really yep. throws a wrench into the offense. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Well, that's actually what happened at Elon is Mosley got in foul trouble. Yeah. And then there was just – they had to play for five or six minutes to start the second half without him, and it just was a mess. Yeah. So, so I, I no, don't know. I mean, I, I think there's, there's some – there's still an offensive philosophy that is not evident to us as fans. That's mm-hmm. – doesn't mean it's not there. doesn't mean it's not – you know, I'm not, not trying to knock the coaches, right. but something's not clicking. Yeah. You know, and it comes, it comes down to just trying to win with talent – and you can do that in your off-season, I mean, in your out-of-conference schedule, if it's a schedule like JMU's. Couldn't do it against the ODU's of the world. Somehow they pulled it off against Radford. But right. it, it's kind of coming down to if you're hot, you're going to win. And if not, you mm-hmm. really need to catch some breaks. Um, combined with not doing as good a job taking care of the ball this year, that was one thing that I harped on constantly last year about Lewis. I thought he was tremendous as a freshman. Yeah, he was. Particularly the one playing point guard for the first time in terms of limiting the turnovers. Um, this year, he's a little more aggressive and going to the rack and things like that. And both he and Mosley and Banks in some games have not had, like, turnover. You know, they haven't been plagued by no. turnovers. But it's not unheard of for them to get four or five a game. So it's just – it's something that you, when you need a bucket, mm-hmm. it can't just be who wants to take the shot. You know, it, it's not like an alpha dog thing. No. Where crunch time – yeah, end of the game, you just want – everyone wants a Michael Jordan. You know, right. LeBron James got criticized. Oh, you, you can't – got to be the one to take it. But it's not that. It's in the middle of the game when you need a bucket. Can your team work for a good shot? And that's what yes. we haven't been able to see. Um, no. End of the game, I'll take my chances of Stucky Mosley or Matt Lewis or Darius Banks going one-on-one right. and trying to get the line. But when you got to end that, you know, you're down on an 8-0 run. Can mm-hmm. you work a good possession and get off a good high-percentage shot – that's what I have not seen consistently, and I think that's where the, the team really struggles. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm hopeful that they – I mean, and this is – you know, people are going to – people have been asking us – a bunch of people asked us on Twitter today about, like, coach's status and what's going to happen. I mean, let's take a step back here. Nothing's going to happen during the season that no. – well, at least it would, we would be very surprised if anything happened during the season. Yeah. Um, the CAA is not good enough that – I don't expect JMU to go winless the rest of the way or anything. Um, you, you know, I, I don't see that. I, and I do think last year, you know, Lewis was playing out of position at point, but at least there was an, uh, that was his role, right? He knew I'm yeah. a freshman. They want me to play point guard. They want me to take care of the ball. And yep. so he did that. And this year they're a little bit back and forth, but they haven't kind of found their lineup. I guess that's what I kind of meant about Parker. There's nothing about Parker that's seen me that like jumped off the page, like, oh, he's going to be a superstar. But it would be nice if he could take that role of like, I'm the point guard who will not turn the ball over in the crunch time. Sadoransky. Right. And Lewis will, Lewis can just be the two guard, you know, mm-hmm. but they kind of don't start that way because Parker comes off the bench sometimes, or he's kind of a sixth or seventh man. They just don't seem to have the guy to control the game and they, they need to get that ironed out for sure. Um, I don't know what to say about the schedule, right? They play Towson this weekend in Harrisburg on Saturday. That's certainly a winnable De- game. Certainly winnable. They go to Delaware and Drexel, so tough game 
you know, some a tough game at Delaware for sure. And then they come home for Hofstra and Northeastern. So two really tough games. So they need this game with Towson this weekend, you know? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And um, they need to just build something a little bit. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say. I just, you're right. I don't think the CAA is something that is going to run away. No team has shown, I mean, CFC lost to JMU. So uh, <laughs> this was Right Foreman up at Hofstra's looking like he's put yeah, that's a different that's yeah. yeah that's a, that's a different thing I think. For I mean, sure. he's so. looking like a guy that could certainly take over in Charleston and put together a couple thirty point games in a weekend. Oh, Jerry Beach will be unbearable. Yes, <laughs> but all right. um, in a good right. way. In a good way. Yeah, in but the way that we would be. We, exactly. But we, before we just belabor our unknowledgeable basketball selves anymore, uh, we should talk a little bit about the women's team. And they are 10 and three rounding they into have, form, rounding yes. into form very much. They have one bad loss early in the year to Hampton, but the other two losses were to Maryland. No shame in that. Right. Um, so, at Maryland, at Maryland, seventh ranked team in the country um, over the break. Didn't, didn't play great, but no shame in that. And then they lost by one on the road at Wake Forest um, in a game that they lost 50 to 49, but that Wake game came in this stretch, Rob. I don't know if you've paid attention to this, but since they played Maryland, they lost. They gave up 50 to Wake. They beat St. John's. Good win over mm-hmm. former Kenny Brooks assistant Joe Tartamella. Um, they only gave up 51 to St. John's. They gave up 36 to Robert Morris. That was an easy win. And then they started CAA play like on fire. They gave up 43 in a blowout of Delaware and gave up 35 in a blowout of Drexel. Both on and the I, road. And I want to say they only gave up single digits in the second half. They did. Am they I, are I actually that leading. Yeah. No, they are leading the nation in scoring defense. Yeah. The J, JMU women are um, with three straight, you know, well, the Robert Morris game, notwithstanding four straight wins, but you know, three of those four came over St. John's Delaware and Drexel who are pretty legitimate competition for them. This team is getting pretty exciting. I think they had some adjusting to do when they lost one of their bigger players earlier in the season. You know, they sort of had that little weird stretch there, but when they lost Kashuda, mm-hmm. but they seem to really be finding their stride. And a lot of things that Coach O told us early in the season about getting contributions from Benitez and some other players off the bench it really seem to be taking shape now. And that's exciting for this team. Well, yeah. Um, and, and you look at um, Camilla Smalls and, and mm-hmm. Riley Kashuda. Um, I don't know. Well, Camilla Smalls is shooting like 47%. Kamaya, I'm sorry. Yeah, she's, yeah, shooting, no. she's shooting 47%. And if you look, that's back, your best like, player yeah, taking a lot play, of shots, taking a lot of shots, and but not in the way some of those Kenny Brooks teams. Um, it was volume scorers, so to speak. Where they that's just, the thing. They, yeah, they had the green light when they came across half court, and mm-hmm. you know at times they kind of had the percentages to match. Um, this is a much more kind of I don't want to say thought out, but more measured of an offensive approach. It's not just mm-hmm. a run and gun. It's not completely based around smalls. You know, it's more well-rounded. So I think this sets them up more for the long run. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, like, in, in getting to the heart of conference play. And in those tight games, like, you know, the team has had down the stretch and in the CAA tournament the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. Well, and they're getting some contributions. They just have a lot of players, right? They're getting contributions. I mean, we knew we were going to get – I mean, Kayla Cooper-Williams, dominant on the boards, just so good for this team. Uh, you know, just really taking over, but they're getting contributions everywhere. Benitez, Merritt, um, who else? Oh, Madison Green, the freshman guard, has mm-hmm. played well. And then we knew we were going to get, you know, they're going to get chip ins from Lexi Reynolds Barrier. and Barrier. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, 
they're just they're a tougher team to guard. And you're right, not to knock those teams or those players the last couple of years of Kenny, but they were really they had one player who scored a lot, but it was through volume shooting. Yeah. And right now, I think they're able to pick their spots a little better. And it's it's really it's fun to watch. And I, I just would encourage people to pay attention to this team. I mean, if you lead the nation in scoring defense, you don't have to be the world's greatest offensive team to to do well here. I mean, they're they're kind of t- they're like the UVA men of the women's game. Yeah, no, you know. I mean, they're only giving up 51 points a game. They are good. It's deeper. You typically see, you know, take a look at the stats at the time last year on college basketball. Everybody looks like they play 10-11 deep. You know, but mm-hmm. once you get in the conference play, most, you know, you're going to get that work the rotation out of like, you know, eight eight players. So Right. Um, but they've got that depth. They've got a different offensive philosophy. This, I think, is what everybody thought the team would look like when Coach O took over. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a transition from that built around one absolute – you know, a plus star and instead just get a bunch of really solid players. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe someone like smalls. I mean, she's still an all, all league. Player. Oh yeah. She's a first team. I mean, all first CAA team all player. League, you know, sure. CAA, yeah. CAA play the year candidate, but it's still not quite the same thing. Um, so it's yep. exciting. You know, this is, yep. this is a really good team. They've got the potential to really make some noise in the CAA and then position themselves very well for a bid. Yeah. So, I mean, just to, just to hype people coming back to the burger, I know students are heading back this week. Um, the women play Friday against Hofstra Friday night, and they play Sunday at two against Northeastern, both at home and with the men's team playing Saturday. So a lot of hoops at the combo this weekend. Uh, hopefully people can get out and, and kind of enjoy getting back into the hoop season now that football is college football, at least is fully over uh, for all the divisions. Um, Rob, I think that's about all we're going to do tonight on hoops. I did. We want to do a quick overtime tonight. I had two answers to this one. I think you may have one of them as well. But our buddy, Michael One Clutch, Mike Morris, poof, wherever you are, thank you. He's the one that suggested this. We should shout out our friend, Mike, who um, he did a he did a streaking last year. He ran a mile all 365 days of the year. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yes. Congratulations to him for that big goal. Uh, I, I get the feeling he, like myself, was not always uh, – does not always take his health did not always take his health as seriously and we love him and he's just one of the happiest dukes we know and that was really cool to sort of see. i i got to kind of follow along with him all year as he did that that was really fun he had to do that um he had to do that like really hung over after frisco last at the start of the year last year and then I, I think he did a couple drunk a couple hung over like during football season this year that's you got a battle. It's, got a battle. And, and it definitely did it sick and work and family and whatever else that is. Uh, yeah, that, that is some perseverance there. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But his question tonight was, what was our, did we have a favorite? He was saying the possibility of winter weather this weekend in Harrisonburg. I am certainly hopeful of that as I may be in the area, but I am interested in, he said, did we have a favorite snow or winter memory from our time at JMU? That is uh, many years gone by, so the memories are a little cloudy. But did you have one, Rob? Well, I was there for the blizzard, I guess, my junior year. I was, year. too. It was, yeah, it was, I, it was coming was back. Was it your junior or senior? I couldn't figure out whether it was your. It's my junior year. So it was my, my year. freshman year. Okay. And I think I was, in, I was at Snowshoe with a bunch of guys, and we made it back. Yeah. Um, and Wade Hobbs' Bronco, and it was tough, <laughs> like, getting out. And, like, we were walking along the side of the road, and he was, he was going very slowly. And we just had to get back. We're like, oh, it'll be great. And then they canceled classes for like a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. 
Yeah, and yeah, I, I got back the... to my parents. I was a freshman, so my parents actually drove me back before the storm because you couldn't have a car. Yeah, yeah. I remember like Blimpy ran out of bread, <laughs> which is a big thing. The we couldn't get to the video store, so this was like pre Netflix. I mean, the only movie we had in the house <laughs> was Friday, so we just watched Friday of over course. and over again. Yeah. Um, but remember, like back by the other side of Newman Lake, I think it was like Puddin and a couple guys built a bobsled track like this <laughs> yes. massive sledding thing yes. and i say bobsled tracks that's the only way to describe it because it was like we had what, three feet of snow and it was carved up so we had bank turns and it was just like those inner tubes or whatever right yeah 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 and you just cruise down and it was amazing and we had it for days yeah. and then the guys next door at speed built the igloo and it was a full-on igloo <laughs> that fit like four people inside but i, I just remember being in harrisonburg that time and the bobsled track that we built yeah on that storm that was one of my two on that storm um i was back and two of my buddies from high school were there my friend nate who was at jmu with me as Mm -hmm. a freshman and my friend keith who was at blue ridge community college at the time (laughs) go keith um was there at the same time and that is the only time in my life that i have ever chewed tobacco i threw up everywhere (laughs) it was awful but I did. We did jump off the third floor balcony of a um, what is it, Hunter's Ridge apartment um, into, into like a huge snowbank. Yes, everyone. Oh, it was so. I mean, not that that was smart, but it was super fun. No, it definitely was not. No. And then the other one, Rob. Were you still there when we did the Melrose with Pat McGee? Yes. Yes. So yes. that's the other one, and right? Snow. Yeah. I think you and Puck like basically forced or begged the bus company and the band to still play despite yeah i mean i think it it must have been like five or six or i mean it was a sizable amount of snow it was a lot in which we should not have like had a party at melrose with buses and a band and everything till two in the morning right no no hpd buses did not have snow did not have trains (laughs) no the roads were not plowed right Um, didn't they like drop us off like hundreds of yards away and we had to hike in or something yeah like you had that. to walk in over the bridge kind of thing i, I mean yeah. god I, I don't really remember the entrance but i underneath there i'm assuming it was gravel and everything yeah and i definitely remember being one of the last like staying and sort of helping clear everything out at the end of the night and being yep. like i really hope there's someone here who still has a car that can make it back <laughs> right like or, as otherwise i have no idea i'm standing out here in six inches of snow in the middle of nowhere <laughs> wherever that, like, where is that place i don't know mount jackson or somewhere like I have no I'm, not, I'm not sure it even exists right it, well it doesn't I think exist it's a figment of our imagination i didn't know where it was then like no no I, you went to somewhere and turned right and then went forever turned, and then all of a sudden it's like i always tried to figure it out i'd watch out the bus but i'm gonna figure it out this time i could, never did there's no way that i could find with i couldn't get within 10 miles of there today like no. i have no idea where that was no, I'm, i have no clue so anyways that those are fun memories i hope um I, I'm sure JMU hopes that they don't have to cancel class the first week of school, but I'm sure students would mind. It doesn't look like they're really going to get that much snow this weekend. Um, Rob, I don't have much else. I do want to thank Palefire for a great 2018. Big thanks to Tim and Susan. We tried to do this intro twice before and didn't come back to it in this show, but we are really looking forward to working with Palefire in 2019. You can go by the tap room in Harrisonburg anytime, mention the podcast, and you will get a free pint glass. We'll see if we can't even mix that up at some point this year uh, for all our people that have already gone and done that and have, I know the hitties have closets full of pint glasses from mentioning <laughs> us. So thank you to them. And Rob, lastly, um, we are starting 
the 10th year that, that we have a year long celebration of 10 years of the JMU sports blog. Can you we believe do, that? We, yeah, we might do 10 whole posts this year. to celebrate. We might, we might. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, and we are obviously pivoting to podcast. Um, yeah. No, not entirely. We will still be writing on the blog eventually and often and frequently again, yeah. once we get our legs back under us after a long Christmas nap. But, yeah. but yeah, I, I when we we started this because we were angry about the message boards at the end of the 2009 Mickey season and the Denzel Bowles, um, Matt Brady basketball season that was upon us at the time, right? Yeah, and, it was just just the general malaise and yeah, it was, just, it was just it was not a great time. No, and we just thought we got to do something else, and we started doing this. And I guarantee you that neither one of us, right, Rob? No idea that 10 years from now we'd be recording a podcast on January 8th, 2019, <laughs> living oh, in two no different way. cities oh, and yeah. having made no, all no these chance. friends and, and wonderful people and looking forward to meeting and hanging out with many more. So thank you to everybody who supported us that whole time. We're going to drag this out and have enjoy the hell out of it this year. A whole yeah. long, ten you know, year long celebration of a decade of JMU Sports Blog, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. right. In December, we'll have to. Yeah, when the semifinals come and we're back in Bridgeport, we'll have to do something big. So we'll see. <laughs> it's Sounds a like a plan. Yeah, Rob, I will t- be looking forward to talking with you next week. And uh, happy New Year, buddy. Yeah, happy New Year, everyone. Go Dukes. Garage by the motorway.